0: Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a veteran looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarlatine.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me, last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 87, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine.
1: And I'm your co-host, Fonny ABDL.
0: Happy New Year, Fonny.
1: Happy New Year. I feel like it's been forever since I've seen you. I
0: haven't seen you since last year. Oh, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Oh, how was your New Year?
1: It was good. Uh, I went out to a bar. It was fun. I got my New Year's kiss. How was yours?
0: good uh we had a friend over who brought some of a, a brought some food from our favorite korean restaurant and it was delicious Ooh. and they uh they got some time away from their kids and that was awesome so we had some nice uh adult time well adults only time not insinuating that we fucked them but <laughs> we had some great like time to have adult conversation with other adults. And that was a lot of fun. And then that evening it was me and gray in the basement, snuggle up together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Number one. Oh, no. oh, really? uh-huh. Watching the, uh, watching the ball drop together on a live stream and Anderson Cooper, was not drinking this year unfortunately but he was taking mystery shots of mystery liquid and the first one was pickle juice and he was just so offended by it it was hilarious
1: oh god yeah. yeah
0: so yeah that was a lot of fun uh and it's just been some really like chill days since then Oh, my gosh. Since we did our holiday special, it has just been a blitz of everything going on. I'm so happy to be, like, generally out of those woods. How about you?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to having a pretty slow uh, and reasonable January. Mm.
0: Definitely. Alexa, turn on the nursery.
1: <laughs> I... I turn
0: off. I oh, my I gosh. Be... Shut up. Alexa stop I'm not sure how much of that came through but she just decided to give me a monologue
1: uh yeah (laughs) I heard part of it
0: (laughs) gray just messaged me and said lol he must have heard that too Joe I'm sorry for setting off your Alexa and I'm sorry for everyone at home for uh for possibly setting off yours i forgot to mute myself but i have uh the fan in my room set up on voice controls uh yeah do you have anything exciting coming up this week fanny i meant to ask
1: uh exciting coming up this week nothing off the top of my head i mean i i got a boyfriend recently another boyfriend so that makes two now you sure did so Can, cool. Do you want to tell us about that uh, <laughs> got yeah, some I've been holiday ah uh, yep yeah sure did got the uh, stuffed like the turkey nice. um <laughs> but Noah, uh, i'm uh i've known him since the summertime and then we started the hooking up after the orgy whenever i was like oh gosh okay so you are pretty good in bed uh i should probably uh hang on to you and then just on like new year's uh I drunkenly asked him if I was girlfriend material. He said yes. Then I asked him if he wanted a girlfriend and he said yes and I said, "Okay, consider it done." And he said, "Oh, okay. So I've got a boyfriend." Cool. Sounds
0: like a very uh mutually beneficial business transaction.
1: <laughs> we shook hands on it. <laughs> I shook hands on it.
0: <laughs> Fuck, I missed you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. The um uh thankfully well I well I don't know how to phrase this, but you know, Gray and I have not had a lot of like sex lately for obvious reasons, you know, with surgery and oh, everything. Yeah. But he and I yeah. we've had um we've been able to find other ways to be like intimate with each other that doesn't involve our genitals touching. And so Oh sure. Well, the result of that, uh one of them is in the Kingster Tier Patrons. Uh for those who aren't subscribed to that tier and can't see that it is my hand covered covered in cum standing in front of speckles. And if you were here for the pre-show, you would have seen me. Uh, I still have a se- uh, speckles blown up in my room. He's right behind me since it's cold here. I draped one of my blankets over him. It's very precious. Uh, so, Aww. yeah. And then, uh, in that regard, in regards to health, we have uh, a couple of exciting, uh, doctor's appointments coming up. Uh, on Wednesday, we get to see um, we get to see Gray's uh, surgeon for his um, for his post op exam, and he's healing up incredibly well. I'm happy to report. Uh, we expect that he'll be able to drive again uh, after after that appointment, which is fantastic. And then the very next day, I have a pre op uh, exam with my surgeon. And uh, when I had my first uh, appointment with that surgeon or with that team of surgeons, plural, they told me, like, everything looks great. Uh, We just want to see you lose a little bit of weight beforehand. So I said bet. And from October to now, I'm happy to report that I have lost 30 fucking pounds. And holy I am very proud of myself. Thank you very much. I can hear everyone clapping at home. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, yeah,
1: that's a pretty big goal to reach.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm aiming at for about two forty five. I'm at two fifty six right now, hoping to keep going. But I think I have successfully shown the doctors that I'm I want the pussy.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh my
0: God! Look at the juice drying.
1: Oh, where is it oh god
0: it's in the it's in the the show chat <laughs> it's <Aww. laughs> it's it's me with sleepy eyes tucked into bed with a microphone extending to the bed with a little sleep cap i'm wearing and says well yeah time for the show which is entirely is, true
1: i not a sleep cap oh my god so cute
0: yeah and then uh one of the drawings that was before the show was me, as you put it, honking on that bobo. Otherwise known as taking <laughs> fat fucking rips and getting wicked high on the devil's lettuce. Uh juice is on fire tonight. Uh but yeah. you know what else is on fire tonight? Huh? That would be our Patreon. Over the Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Since the holidays. I swear to God, we have gotten at least four to five new patrons. And thank you so much to everyone. Like the beginning of the year slash end of the year is always really good for creators because a lot of people want to sign up annually or like the first of months. So people have like a clean day where like all the expenses draw from their account all at once. And thankfully, I had that effect happen to the show. And so thank you, everyone for making that happen we actually reached a community goal which feels hashtag good if i do say so myself so Fani, would you be a darling and tell everyone about the names that they deserve to hear
1: oh yeah i can do that Oh, that's going to be so fun. Let's uh, let's speed round this one Uh, on the Patreon currently in the $1 vanilla tier that gets you a username shout out. We've got Casa, Danielle, Darlene, Laddle, Gosh Cheeks, Manic, Pixie, Panda, Nabby, Red Panda, Raystar, and Red Uh, in the $5 Kingster tier that gets you access to the photo channel as well. We've got a baby, Alexi, Chels, Huff Bondage, Lindsay, Lux, Meerkat, Ragtime, Retro, Skywalker Branch, The Starling Family, Stitchlet, and Tiernid, Twinkie. In the $10 fetishist tier, that also gets you an extended shout-out and access to the video channel, we've got Maya Chu, Neo, Cryptid, Pandagoran, and Silky. In the $15 sinner tier, that also gets you co-directorial input on all things Jazzy. We've got Kiffy and Konaku, who says, Bawoo. In the $20 deviant tier, that also gets your name written on uh, Jazzy's body for planned content. We've got Ao, who writes in, A very happy New Year's to all my comrades, confidants, and co-conspirators. We've got Briar, who says, Drink water, peep pants. We've got Daddy Gray, who says, remember to practice safe text and proofread before sending. We've got Glacia, Juice Box Jess Cat Puff writes in, help, I found cock-shaped candles at the BDSM market, now my kitchen is filled with them. We've got Let's Call Me Joe, who writes in, happy holidays to all the bigs and littles, and Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. We've got Little Pup Tracks, Luna, who says Poe, Lupin, Personalias who says, back to functioning, Pope Felix, who says, Mr. Teens is stored in the balls. We've got Sluggy, Soup, Spade, and Summer, who writes, what type of diapers do vampires wear? Vampers, ha! <laughs> I'm clapping. Good,
0: good. Oh, Joe forgot to send his new shout out. If you can do it within like 14 seconds, we will read it on the show. Promise, big promise. Man,
1: Joe, you can do it. Jeopardy. Let's go, Joe. Da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> That's not the Jeopardy's I'm just going. <laughs> Stop the fucking Jeopardy! Free jazz. Free, free jazz. it up Scoob引- billion- ah! And jazz at a time. Oh, so sorry. Better luck next time. No, it's okay. We still love you, Joey. He- <laughs> oh, he said, I'm sorry. No, there's nothing to apologize for. You gave us a really good
1: bit. <laughs> you gave <laughs> us a really good bit. <laughs> if we oh, don't get some использ. free jazz next time, I'm going to be... Not sad, but a little disappointed.
0: He's just going to write in asterisk jazzy free jazz asterisk. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I I what a good idea. Seriously, I hope that fourteen people don't do that because I'm going to run out of scat solos to do. All right, Fani, thank you for the reading the uh uh pit. pit, patron shout outs i can talk i'm an adult i can do this <laughs> <laughs> all right um, it's, time for... it's time for the news and uh the news that we have today is a uh a fairly big one a uh, pretty big honking news piece um and that is uh tickets for Capcom were announced Uh, they are going to be at the time of recording. They're going to be going up this weekend. And there is a little bit of confusion because there are, uh, this year, there are a couple different levels of tickets. Uh, so we're just going to take some time to just go through it. Uh, while we're here, I have it pulled up on, on my side. So we're going to give some hard numbers and hopefully explain what's going on this year. Uh, sorry, I'm just rearranging my windows. Here we go. <clears throat> so, first and foremost, the event will be going on from the following dates, March 22nd through March 26 2023. It will be uh, at or around a hotel within the same vicinity as the last one. The hotel room rate per night will be $152 plus 9% tax. And I'm just like going through this like very like matter of factly and clearly just to like get the information across The problem. Is I'm not like talking down to anyone. Uh, so the type of the types of tickets that you can get are the golden ticket, which is the standard ticket that has been uh, available every single year. Uh, that will be available for $240. If you want uh, the early release ticket, that will be $260. Uh, and those will be released on January 7th at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, and then the $240 ticket will be released on January 10th at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is a Tuesday. Uh, I would personally aim for trying to get one of the early release tickets Uh, Saturday the 7th at 12 p.m. CSD. Personally, that is my personal recommendation. Uh, And then on that day, uh, two other types of tickets will be being released. And that is uh, the different room captain tickets. What is a room captain? So a room captain is the person who is uh, authorized to book a room in the host hotel. Um, If you have a... Golden ticket and not a room captain ticket, that means that you cannot call to book a hotel room. Uh, so you will either have to book off site or room with someone who has a room in the host hotel. Uh, so with those tickets, you can either get a double full size bedroom for $280 or the king size bed room ticket for $280. And that uh, denotes what type of bed arrangement setup that you have. Um, in your room and uh that is um that is that's the tea on the tickets they're going to be sold until the event is at full capacity uh a lot of people were asking why there was a price increase uh that is because you know going through a whole like global economic upheaval right now everything simply costs more additionally There will be a little bit of extra time. Excuse me. On Wednesday. Not only that, but the play space will be open longer from my understanding. Uh, If I am off base on that. uh, Well, I'm reading in the announcement right here. All tickets will have identical 24 seven access to all convention spaces and activities during Capcom 2023. So I'm just going verbatim off of what is on the website. If I'm misinterpreting. Uh if someone can please send me a nasty email that'd be fantastic. Uh further, uh ticket forwarding and refunds, uh there will be a form made available on Saturday 21st 2023 and then all ticket sales will be verified and confirmed before January 14th and 15th. Uh that is all the tea um hopefully i was able to get all the information across in a very clear manner uh if you have any other questions please feel free to reach out to uh, capcom themselves as i am not affiliated with capcom despite what some people may think (laughs) uh but that i hope that clears up some stuff that is like the big piece of news fawning did i did i touch on everything or is there am i am or am i forgetting something
1: uh i do kind of want to clarify the the whole uh ability to purchase the second ticket thing uh that's mentioned because one of my other friends was kind of tripping over that a little bit like what, what what's that for um and that's only because like uh sorry i just had the idea in my head and now i'm trying to articulate it into words and they're all out of order um but yeah on all of the days when tickets are being released um where you can get the the room captain or early release tickets uh they've got the footnote that's saying an additional ticket will be available for those who secured a room captain or early release ticket and that's because you can only buy one ticket at a time yes your cart will only let you buy one ticket at a time
0: which is really Um, important to note because tickets sold out rapid fast last year and that is their attempt to try and uh Slow down the sale of tickets so more people have a chance to get in.
1: hmm. So you can get your room captain ticket or your early release ticket on the first two days there. Uh, that does allow you to get a second ticket for your partner or a friend um, just in case.
0: And by get, we mean buy a second ticket. <clears throat> it yes. doesn't come with a second ticket. You get the opportunity to buy another ticket. Okay. I, I think that we put that in very clear terms. I, I feel confident with that. I realize that mm-hmm. uh, me saying I feel confident with our answers has become something of a show catchphrase and a meme. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah,
0: not wrong. Not wrong at all. Uh, this is not related to kink or fetish at all. I'm just really excited to info dump. Uh, so what if I told you, Fani? That uh, this is the uh, this year marks the 35th anniversary of Warhammer 40k. And then, oh, God, I think like the 40th anniversary of Warhammer as a whole, I think. So they're doing a bunch of like special promotions this year. Uh, Every every year, uh, every single physical Warhammer store gets it gets a like a celebration pack of uh of like special goodies and like different like promotional stuff and it's like if you spend x number of dollars in the store on the celebration weekend you get different like prizes and gifts and this year they're offering gold metal fucking dice and i'm so excited obviously they're not solid gold they are colored gold but they're metal dice and you get four of them and on the six pip is a warhammer logo and i'm just like oh i'm so fucking excited for this
1: (laughs) that's legit
0: yes it is thank you for letting me info dump i had to share i had to get it off my chest because i'm so excited uh some of the other gifts uh there is a objective marker two of them there are metal deployment barriers uh a dice bag and some pins it looks like and it all comes in a swaggy little box and i love that thank you everyone for letting me talk about my special interest on a fetish advice show which we are a fetish advice show as everyone here knows fanny were you aware of that
1: grabbing
0: some stuff from another room while you were info dumping. I thought I had another minute. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Advice? Who? What? Who has that? <laughs> oh my god, look at the chat. Look at the chat right now. <laughs> oh no, God. You the ghost <laughs> of Christmas Past shouting at me and I and I'm Scrooge.
1: <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. That's Choose. so emotive. <laughs>
1: Juice, I am wagging my finger at you for not putting me in historic fashion. How dare.
0: Yes, Briar, 40k is a fetish, given how expensive it is.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that's true <laughs>
0: oh sure he is sure is <laughs> she says quote in life i was your co-host <laughs> jacob <Fonny>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god! And good reference good reference oh my god i love you all right uh let's get to some questions uh do you mind if i take this first
1: one yeah get into it
0: awesome first question comes from princess jill pronouns she her dear Jesse and Fani. uh what's some of your favorite music that was either released in 2022 and or you discovered within the past year as for my personal answer there's a handful of things coming to mind but to be quick i'll just say the hatch's new album giving the world away is a real gem uh yeah do you want to go first
1: uh sure i have some um some which McCollum's visual aids here if you will oh hello pretty girl
0: there you are on the yeah. camera
1: So oh, this is this is one of the, the vinyls that i got this year whenever i went to the striker live show it is strikers play to win uh, i believe this one actually came out in 2020 won the uh 2020 juno for best heavy metal album of the year Fuck yeah. um and the junos are like the canadian grammys um so no big deal or anything like that But uh, one of the songs that came out this year that I've been really into is also by Stryker, and it's called uh, Strange Love. It's an earworm. It'll get stuck in your head. Um, Also, Rammstein came out with a new album. They sure Uh, did. And it's so good. It's
0: so good. Thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with what rammstein came out with this year. Sight is good. Um oh, uh, what was the the it's one? My favorite. Yes, that's the one. Thank yeah. you. The cutting one. Yes.
0: Um, Zigzag came out literally as I was recovering from my face surgery and I just thought it was so funny. Like the timing yeah. on that. I was just like, "Oh, I'm going to go have my face operated on by a plastic surgeon. Here's a song
1: about plastic surgery by Ramshorn." Yeah, and- zigzag is just like snip snip um and then their song gifting is Mm. on my um my 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 playlist my usual playlist and whenever it comes on i'm like yeah it's okay um and that one is a song about toxic people so Mm. you know pretty cool and then um sawayama came out with hold the girl this year her new album oh yeah Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't listened to this hell, um, please do. Please do. Rina Sawayama was, was already great. And then she came out with the, this entire amazing album. She's a musical chameleon. She's just I, I don't know how she does it. Um, and yeah, that's my top three of this year.
0: Awesome. What about you? So Census Fail came out, came back with a Vengeance Uh, A lot of people know that Census Fail is by far one of my favorite bands ever. And um, I got to see them this year uh, at the Ohio is for Lovers Festival, which was literally a whole festival Mm -hmm. down on the banks of the Ohio River, uh, down Uh in southern Ohio. It was it was actually hosted by Hawthorne Heights, which are from Ohio. Mm -hmm and i've opened for them and they're incredibly friendly i really love them a lot they're like really great guys but um so they put on a whole festival and themed it to be like basically like Capcom is themed to be like a return to daycare a return to like like early years of school and that sort of stuff they themed their festival to be a return to warp tour and a return to like teenage years but with lots of alcohol. So Gray and I, we went together and we got, we proceeded to get rip roaring drunk and we saw all of our favorite bands from our teenage years and we're just crying our eyes out. It was great. And, um, census fail was at the top of my list. So we got to see them and they played a couple songs off their new album. It's called hell is in your head. Uh, it is about, uh, the lead singer buddy's mental health and his spirituality in Buddhism, it slaps Mm. ferociously. It is such a good fucking emo album. Like it is. A lot of people are saying it's a sequel to their album, still searching. And I agree with them. Like it, it slaps ferociously. Uh, other than that, Metallica just put out a banger a little bit ago. Oh yes. Ramstein put out a banger, uh, earlier last year. Uh, And then Cave Town, totally different track, but Cave Town put out some bangers this past year as well. And Cave Town is like one of the one of the musicians I listen to that isn't high octane and violent with their music. But uh, Cave Town is incredibly wholesome and cozy and wonderful. And uh, the music that they put out this past year has been awesome. I've also been. Oh yeah, he hasn't put out any music in literally hundreds of years because it. His name is Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, but I've been, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. I've, I've been listening to a lot of Mozart lately. I just uh, Gray just showed me the movie Amadeus, and <clears throat> it made me cry because it is just such a profound. I described it to him as a near art film because it it just speaks so intimately to the experience of the artist and everything. And it just like is incredibly profound and beautiful. Uh, If you're a musician of any flavor or an artist of any flavor, please do yourself a favor and watch Amadeus. It is a beautiful film. And so after that, I've been every time I go down to the kitchen to cook I've been listening to Mozart and I'm like, it's really growing on me.
1: Portrayal of Mozart and Salieri in that film. Um, and it, it hurts me a little bit to know that that's not the real history between the two.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> it's definitely but, really dramatized.
1: Yes, but as a film, wow. As a film, wow,
0: incredible. Yeah, And also it really sheds light on Salieri as a composer who was largely forgotten Mm -hmm. until that film came out. And I've been listening to a little bit of his work and he's no Mozart, but I still like him, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was like, Oh great. A a new classical composer to listen to.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I've seen Amadeus like three times. Maybe it's just one of those comfort movies that I'll put on in the background. Um, and I, d- I do like the way that Salieri tries to, like, convince um, the king that, like, oh, Mozart's music is just, it's just too messy. There's just too much going on with it. Please, please keep paying attention to me. Please keep pay- giving me your money. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that... So sad. It, it was so sad. And also, like, the part where they where all the aristocrats go, Salieri, too many notes. There's too many notes. <laughs> and, like, the... Uh, uh-huh the uh the emperor is played by one of the actors from another cult classic film uh Ravenous and he was hilarious in that film and he he's also hilarious in Amadeus <clears throat> mm-hmm. and he just um yeah, i think Jeffrey Jones is his name and the uh the uh the emperor is just like s- kind of aloof but also just like really funny but and kind of down to earth as as much as an emperor can be and every time someone tells him something that's just like stupid it's just he's just like uh-huh and there it is and it's just so dismissive and bitchy and hilarious i don't know is <laughs> Jones still in jail juice ass i don't i didn't know that he was in jail
1: oh god oh no oh no Moving on, we have another question uh, where you get the info dump again. Oh and I'm very much looking forward to this one. And this is our friend Personalias writing in, Dear Jazzy, which Warhammer faction has the most interesting lore in your opinion and why?
0: Well, I'm so happy you asked. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of the factions have some really deep interesting lore (laughs) glasius is four hours later yeah literally um i think the faction that is most fleshed out in terms of lore is uh is the imperium um but that is like a whole like conglomerate of different factions within them you know you have the space marines you have the adeptus Sororitas, you have the adeptus custodes uh, you have Astra Militarum, otherwise known as the Imperial Guard. Um, you have so many factions within the Imperium, and a lot of the literature that came out, um, that that has been published, center is in universe. Uh, like a lot of the, like the novels and books are like so, supposed to be in universe artifacts. And, like, they're written by real people, but the books themselves are supposed to be, like, imperial records. So I'm reading through some of the Horace Heresy novels, and it's supposed to be, like, the account of a remembrancer writing a log for the imperial archives. And, like, a lot of the codexes, which are the books that contain rules for individual factions, are also written through the lens of this is an empirical record that you're checking out from like the imperial library or like a military briefing as if you are a commander like, Oh, commander starshine. Here's your briefing on the enemy that we're about to face. And then it's, you open it up and it's, ah, yes, the Tyranids really, really cool theming. And, um, I personally think that some of the most interesting lore, uh, falls on the shoulders of the original, uh, 18 space marine chapters uh, which at that point were called legions and the whole uh, story of them uh, through uh, the unification of Terra and then the great crusade leading up to the Horus heresy is just so fucking incredible and to learn about like the Terra unification wars you by extension also learn about the thunder warriors and like the proto primarchs and then the adeptus custodes and then big E, the emperor himself. I, I eat that shit up with a spoon and it is just, I love as an autistic person, seeing a universe that I can not only interact with in very physical, meaningful ways through the hobby, but also has so much lore that I can fully dive myself into is just so exciting and so fun. So I'm going to say that the, uh, the space marine faction uh from uh the from the 30th or 31st millennium aka the horse heresy era has the most interesting lore in the franchise and this next question or uh, before we go funny talking <laughs> stick
1: do you have any questions about warhammer lore <laughs> uh how much do you know about the original legions oh so much <laughs>
0: Uh, about the Thunder Warriors, the custodies, or the actual 18 Space Marine Legions?
1: Uh, I had to go look at the, w- the wiki to kind of understand what you were talking about there for a second, and, uh, it's listing 20 original Legions, was there another list?
0: Well, that's a great question, I'm glad you asked. Uh, there are 18 Legions officially on Imperial record. There were 20 oh, wow. Legions. There were 20 Primarchs. Okay. Primarchs are the daddies of each legion. Primarchs are the sons of the Emperor. The whole the whole entirety of Imperial lore is based on daddy issues. Fun fact.
1: Um, oh, oh I get it. Okay, so they they have them numbered one through twenty, but two and eleven don't exist. They are unknown.
0: Yes. They So
1: in total there are 18 known legions. That makes more sense.
0: Yep. Two and eleven were expunged from Imperial Record for presumably doing something so heretical that they're not even worth mentioning within the context of the Horus heresy. So in order to be worse than Horus, that you have to be like so dangerous to Imperial knowledge, that you have to be completely expunged from the record known only to the Emperor and Malkador the Sigillate himself, like just two people in the entire Imperium, that's pretty egregious. And so a lot of people have been theorizing the the identities of the second and 11th legions like forever and i have Mm. some theories everyone has some theories uh but no one really knows for sure also new juice art (laughs) it is funny new
1: Uh, juice art
0: (laughs) it's funny set in 1843 in full victorian garb and you look very pissed off and your thought bubble says i gotta piss so bad
1: And I got to commend Juice on the historical near accuracy on this one.
0: Good work! It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. But any other Warhammer questions?
1: Uh, Are there any pieces of your armies that you're working on right now that you're very, very uh, proud of? Yes. How's that really big one going?
0: It's it's going really well. Uh, I'm working on Alpha Legion right now which they are very, they are the most mysterious faction. They're basically kind of sort of the secret service without being the officio assassinorum. Uh, no one really knows what they're against and what they're for. They're very slippery. They, they were tasked. Uh, well, their primarch Alpharius Omegon was uh, tasked with by the emperor himself, uh, but at all costs, keep the imperium alive and so they kind of sort of, my theory is that they went undercover as traitors and quote quote aligned with horus the war master wink nudge as kind of like a reverse false flag thing and so they had to like put on the guise of we're traitors like fear us In order to somehow play the long game and keep the Imperium alive in a long time, it's really complicated. No one knows for sure. Even Lexiconum, which is the real wiki, uh, not even they know because there's so much conflicting information. And one of the things that their Primarch does is since he's similar in physical stature to the rest of his legion, he's able to put on regular space marine armor. And go undercover as one of his legionnaires, and so the the meme around Alpha Legion is I am Alfarius because everyone is collectively Alfarius, like everyone could or could not be Alfarius. They're like Schrodinger's Legion, and so that is what my army is based around. Uh, they get this cool special rule where you're able to take a unit from another Space Marine Legion and make it part of the Alpha Legion because the lore is like your guys went in and infiltrated technology from another legion and brought it back to the alpha legion. So you have like a bunch of like alpha legionnaires. And then there's a random unit from the salamander. Sarah, it's like, how the fuck did you get that? It's in the rules. So very excited. Very cool stuff. I have amazing. Thank you. Uh I'm going to get off the topic of Warhammer now cuz I will go all <laughs> night if I don't stop myself and now it's your turn to info dump. Uh this-
1: Welcome back to Dear Heresy, the <laughs> advice podcast about Warhammer 40K.
0: <laughs>
1: Dear Heresy.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Juice, I don't like asking for art because I feel like a douche, but I think "Dear Heresy" or some sort of like Jazzy as or a sp- it's just
1: a fucking Space Marine talking Jazz- into a, a microphone.
0: <laughs> jazzy as a Space Marine talking into the microphone and funny would be so clutch. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> me. This
1: question—just is- <laughs> me playing with two little, two little figures as if they're like, um, um. <clears throat>
0: as if they're little playthings.
1: like and now kiss
0: now kiss if you don't think i do that with my models you'd be dead wrong i absolutely make them kiss it's really funny
1: yeah and also i've been staring at the names alpharius and omegon for a while and they just seem like um legendary pokemon names like two legendary wolf pokemon aren't they so farious and omegon aren't those names so clutch though they're
0: so good pokemon
1: names i i'm sorry
0: This episode, Dear Jazzy, is brought to you by Padding Power, the ABDL-themed trading card game from Zacky If you're looking to collect and play a great new card game while supporting creators in our community, please visit PaddingPowerTCG.com. You can also join the community Discord where you can connect with fellow players and get a game or two in. Plus, me and Fani both have signature cards. Again, PaddingPowerTCG.com. Uh, do you want to take this next question from Joe?
1: Yeah, it's a bigger...
0: <clears throat> it is a big one.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Joe writes in, Dear Jazzy and Fawny, As I wrote in previously, my sister's spouse came out as non-binary and trans last Christmas, and this Christmas requested that we started using she, they pronouns, as well as the terms wife and aunt and sister-in-law, etc. When addressing her, as she now identifies as more feminine. My mother is a red state conservative, but it's continued to be nothing but supportive and kind to my sister-in-law and has been using the correct pronouns, but the occasional accidental slip up notwithstanding. However, she has confided in me that she worries if my sister is really happy with the new development in her marriage. And uh, she has said more than once, I don't know what I would do if your father told me he wanted to be a woman. I really do believe my mother is trying and wants to support my sister and her wife. But statements like this do make me nervous when she says them. Any advice on what I can tell her when she says something like this?
0: Well, Joe, I'm actually really happy about that development. and glad that... Um i am got that she's at bare minimum being respectful and you know i think that's the name of the game of just like and this is something that gray and i talk about like people are entitled to opinions even if they're bad opinions as long as they like respect everyone around them and everything because it's just like <clears throat> like you can like i'm fairly lax like as long like you can disagree with non-binary people existing or not existing but as long as you she her or they them me it's fine like i'll 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 play warhammer with you you know but also what (laughs) oh my god the art Ooh. it's me oh it's 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 me as amadeus mozart that's jazadeus oh amazing it has me with with mozart's stupid expression and big wig that is so funny
1: <laughs> with not one but two ponytails with one at the bottom ponytails. braided like mozart and then jazzy's usual
0: Oh god, that's so funny! And the face that Juice drew me with is definitely the the ha, 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 and like his reedy little laugh from the movie. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good!
1: Mm-hmm. And the little Mozart fart. The,
0: the Mozart fart. Yes, there it is. There it is. That's the, the 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 GIF that Juice posted. That is the exact image that was in my mind of him going. Ha, ha, God, that's so good. But, you know, it it sounds like, you know, your mother has her hangups. But despite those, she's still being respectful. And you know what? Despite our best efforts as a community, not everyone is going to get on board our bandwagon. But the fact that she is finding that compromise point, that's great. And, you know, sometimes that is like the best you can get. With some people and for a red state conservative, that's really good by red state conservative standards. Um, However, the comment of, I don't know what I would do if your father wants to be a woman, that comment does not surprise me at all. That is actually a very incredibly common sentiment among the cis proper noun capital letters, the cis. like that is not a unique take at all. And a lot of people do wonder about that a lot of people have been asking that question over the past uh 10 years where we've really seen the rise of trans rights and trans activism like a lot of people have been asking that question and i think like you know i think if you're in a relationship with someone and they transition yeah there is an adjustment and yeah it is um you know, there is some stuff for, to get used to and it will take just a little bit of time to get used to pronouns and doing the thing. Like, I get it. I respect that, uh, that change. Obviously it becomes a problem when someone's like, when someone's going through a transition and then someone says, Oh, this is hard for me too. I'm transitioning with you too. This is hard for me. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like just get that out of your head. But, um, the fact that she is trying and, like, being respectful, that's pretty great. Um, and the other part is, it sounds like she doesn't really have to worry about her husband coming out and transitioning. It just that that doesn't sound like it's the case. So it it's kind of a moot point for her. And also, it's, it's not her business until it is. So she doesn't have to worry about it. So she doesn't have to ask that question. So if she's fine with just, like, respecting people's pronouns and, you know, quietly disagreeing on the side, but still at least being respectful. That's kind of a win. Like, that's a lot better than nothing. Uh, Fonny, what's your take?
1: Uh, yes. I'm reading the I don't know what I would do if your father told me he wanted to be a woman statement as an I'm trying to relate here. I don't know how to relate because this is new to me. So I'm going to relate. In the way that I've been talking to my friends, that I've been raised, that I've been kind of um, socialized to relate in the situation where this is this is an entirely new thing. Right. New territory to me. I don't know how to react.
0: And, you know, there's some data that talks about like there are some people who um, who self identify as conservative or conservative leaning or socially conservative or any like flavor of those words. And a lot of them want to want to understand and want to ask questions, but a lot of them, you know, feel, you know, disconcerting like they they're afraid to ask questions. And obviously the correct answer is Google is free. And also like, I can definitely understand, like, it sounds like she wants to understand, she wants to know, like, the her question of, I don't know what I would do if my husband, that shows a little bit of a, of an inquisitive nature, and when people are curious about something, they will learn, and when people learn, statistically, we see that when people learn about things, they become less jaded and bigoted, so I think... You know, I think that your mom is on the right track. And um, I think I've talked about on the show before how my parents, you know, used to be Republicans, not like MAGA Republicans, but, you know, still Republicans nonetheless. And now they have just straight up become socialists after they've like watched me go through all my struggles and come out and struggle with my sexual identity and my gender identity. They have like their eyes have been open to so many new things. And I think the final straw was me falling in love with and being engaged to my husband, who is a biracial black man, where they realized, I think that was the last straw where they finally like it, like it clicked and they like got with the program and they've come like such a long way, such a long way from the time I first came out in 2009 to now in 2023 like the transformation has been absolutely incredible and i think that there could be hope for your mother like you know the wording and everything could be awkward and kind of uh, now but you know with some years with some time i think you know i think that maybe she'll come around
1: Mm -hmm. and yeah i read this as more of like i don't know exactly what to do here i'm a little bit worried about the entire situation because i don't know what i would do but yeah i'm don't Uh, have any strong feelings about the subject in that it should or should not happen i'm just saying that i'm not sure and if my mom was the person who was saying this and she has been the person to say stuff like this before um i just kind of remind her that it's it doesn't affect me or my life and all i can really do is support my family
0: indeed uh Joe writes uh, just now in the live chat, thanks Jazzy. I shouldn't let perfect be the enemy of good in this situation. If she's come this far, maybe she can come farther too. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. <coughs> this episode of Dear Jazzy is brought to you by A B Universe, the world's leading provider of ABDL and Incon products. If you want to support the show while restocking your petting stash, check out at oddswithgod.com slash sponsors or the sponsor's channel in our Discord for 10% off your order of 50 or more. All right. Uh, Fonny, this next one comes from Jane Doe, pronoun she, her. Do you want to read it?
1: I do. Yeah, Jane Doe is writing in. Dear Jazzy and Fonny, I've often been wondering about how and why I always gravitated towards ABDL so much. Not that I'm against having it be a part of who I am, but because it's so niche and misunderstood, I can't help but constantly fixate on trying to find out what caused this for me. I keep wondering if past trauma might have influenced it, but my deteriorating memory has forgotten most of my early childhood, so I wouldn't know specifics of what I experienced. What I do remember was around that time when I was like seven or eight, I abruptly formed a curiosity and interest for diapers and pull-ups, and it was something that was a major hyperfixation for me for several years, not knowing it was a thing other people experience. And back then, I foolishly alluded it to several times through uh, jokes and within details of creative writing, because I had no idea what to make of it. All I knew is that I was forming some uncommon interests that nobody else seemed to, ha- to have ever heard of. I did eventually learn what the ABDL community was, uh, parentheses through an unsupervised internet session back when I was 13 and at a relative's house or st- Spring Break, end parentheses. But even before that, for several years, pretty much everyone, including myself, was so confused about why I was so fascinated with diapers so much. Is this a common experience for ABDLs to think in hindsight about what could have happened that caused these interests for them? Other common deep-seated origin stories amongst Abedales. It uh, feels quite different to bring this up, parentheses, especially because it involves experiences from my youth, and parentheses. But I often get into an existential state of feeling a need to know how the fuck did I get here as a way of better understanding myself. Thank you, for everyone, for understanding and handling this with care. And, uh, parentheses, I might elaborate more in the future about my history with all this. However, I'd rather not end up submitting a question that rivals the length of Infinite Just. End parentheses. <laughs>
0: thank you jane what a good (laughs) reference (laughs)
1: um
0: i think that's incredibly common uh incredibly common actually is uh in in what we know from uh fetish psychology is uh people generally do not choose their fetishes and they are formed very early on in development and um and we also talked about this in my adolescent psychology and development, oh, uh, developmental psychology class uh, the first time I was in college. Um, this is a very known phenomenon that fetishes develop very early. And so it's it's no surprise to me at all that, um, that it manifested early for you as well. Um, I've talked on the show at length about how... Um, My experience with ABDL is I never really felt like I truly like grew up. Like I never really gave up a lot of stuff. And uh, when it comes to my fetish for pool toys and inflatables, that just that some of my earliest memories involve that. So it was just imprinted on me very early or I was like born with it, or I don't know what happened because I was really young and I, I don't have a photographic memory of my first year on this planet. Go figure. But, um, I think it's entirely, uh, entirely understandable. And that, uh, you know, the other part of it is kids really don't have a lot of tools to articulate themselves. So it also makes sense that, uh, in the world around you, you would like be asking questions and expressing this this really deep seated feeling that you had, um. Uh, you know about these these feelings that you don't quite understand and no one else was discussing. So I think I think you're totally on the money, and it's totally um like the the evidence and the research and the data that we have about psychology and sexuality, uh, perfectly. Shows and mirrors your experience almost to a T. Uh, Fani, what do you have?
1: Um, I also ask this question of myself all the time where it's like, okay, I remember like some of the times where I was exploring those thoughts, but I don't remember the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember like back in the day of being like, damn, if I were to play house, I'd always want to be the baby. What's that all about? Um, right, right. <clears throat> And then the internet happened, and I was an unsupervised, probably fifteen-year-old. Whenever I was like, "Oh, huh," there's, there's, there's more. Oh, oh dear. I sense uh, a whole thing happening right here for me. Some, some sort of like formative memory of the the internet uh, Foxtail Times, anyone?
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Turns to dust.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I think, uh, my first exposure to the ABDL community, um, was ADIS by way of Fur Affinity. Mm -hmm. which by extension was also my first exposure to the existence of the furry community another thing that was just like oh this is oh yeah you know every time we play house i want to be the dog
1: (laughs) oh yeah that makes sense
0: yeah which it's kind of an apples and oranges comparison because furry is not necessarily a kink or a fetish it's like a as a community and an art form so kind of apples and oranges not really the same at all but there's a lot of bleed over in the communities to the point where they're almost a convergent circle but i think that you know your experience is very valid and very well documented and very well expressed in the data and in the science behind all of this
1: i wonder if brian zamboni wrote any papers
0: on this brian zamboni is such a name zamboni spelled like the uh uh spelled like the ice uh surfacer
1: machine unfortunately brian zamboni is not with us anymore he was a scholar who wrote a lot about kink especially like uh gay and age play kink communities so i think he was really fucking cool um and I think I only found out about him in like 2020, like the year after he passed away. Mm. And I was so disappointed because I was like ready to send an email to be like, wow, you're amazing. So,
0: yeah, it looks like I, I looked him up. It looks like he has some really incredible papers. Like I'm going to have mm-hmm. to read through his publishings because he looks like a cool guy. All right. And I just realized that I had the knob uh, for base on my on my channel on my soundboard a little bit too high, so I just fixed that.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, we've got one called "A Qualitative Exploration of Adult Baby and Diaper Lover Behavior from an Online Community Sample."
0: I read that paper. That was him. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I know his work.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> and you can you can tell um, what the community is kind of formed of for people who are willing to be vocal in it because the uh, study examined. About eighteen hundred uh, self-identified males, one hundred and forty self-identified females, and seventy-eight um, people who identified as transgender members of the ABDL online community. It's like that's that's a big difference: eighteen hundred to one hundred and forty. Yep. Uh, and then
0: the other part is that that is entirely an accurate statistic.
1: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and I'm wondering how many uh of the the transgender self identified members um are actually just in the other group
0: right uh that that also was what I was thinking is like that is a lot of people who self identify as male in the time since that study. I wonder how many of them have come out as trans or don't know that they're trans yet like yeah. That,
1: Or the people who preferred to just click either male or female instead of trans.
0: Exactly. And there's also not an an option for non-binary, for example. Like it definitely like it definitely shows the age of the study. It's not like a knock against it. It it just shows like the time period in which the study was conducted. And it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But very interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm seeing this one was published in 2014 the first time. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) there there are um, scholarly papers on the subject. Some of them are very good and some of them are very bad. Uh, It is up to you to go find them. And uh, if you if you would like to write reviews of these papers, um, they are reviews are amazing. I love paper reviews.
0: They're really, really interesting to read, because some of them are really, really good and thought-provoking, and some of them are really shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's like, I am not a part of this community. I took a look at it from uh, from the outside, and I only really looked at the most vocal members. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, And I spoke to, like, one person who said that they were from the community, and they said this, so I'm going to put that view on the entire community, so... So here's my the, paper publish so me
0: here's my high school book report about a community Yup. all right uh do you want to take this next one or no you just read I, a long one I, I can take this i'm sorry <clears throat> okay yeah have fun eesh this comes from joe pronouns he him Dear Jazzy and Fonny, I have been involved with a few online communities which were either damaged or imploded due to negativity or infighting that kept escalating until it all boiled over and ended with a lot of rela- until it ended a lot of relationships and friendships. What are your thoughts on how to best handle on how best to handle confronting these issues early on in order to de-escalate similar situations and keeping the peace? Wow. Uh, that's a really good one. I feel like I've been dominating the mic this episode, so I'm going to let... i want to pass the talking stick to Fawny first on this one.
1: hmm And I'm actually just going to hand this one right back to you by asking you a follow-up question to kind of gauge uh, another thing that is related here. Uh, in our D&D group, there's been a little bit of tension uh, behind the scenes uh, between sort of the, the preparedness and play styles of different members. I tend to butt in, um, not being part of uh, the tension, but wanting to de-escalate it by asking, uh, instead of dwelling on what we have done and what we are, why don't we focus on what we can do? Jazzy, do you, have you noticed that? And what are your thoughts on my approach?
0: I think, uh, you know, I have noticed that. And I think it's a very... I think it's a very productive mindset because it not only validates, it validates the experiences of everyone involved in that situation. Like it validates the frustration of some people and it validates, uh, the experience of the people who, uh, the other group is frustrated at. And, you know, in this instance, the person who is, uh, learning new aspects of the game and trying to keep up with other people who have been playing, uh, the game more seriously for longer, et cetera. Um, just as an example, um, I think it's a very constructive mindset because it validates, you know, it recognizes, you know, this thing happened. What are we going to do to fix it and move forward? And I think it's a very, uh, it's a very productivity minded approach. It, it, I think it really, uh mirrors the growth mindset which I really appreciate um I I think it's great uh I think it is you know it's it's a fair question to ask of like this is where we are where are we going to go from here but it's also up to the people in that conversation to make good on you know moving forward and when when we say here we are. How do we move forward? It's up to everyone in the conversation to move forward and to take the discussed uh, necessary steps and everything. So that that is that that is my take.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because I'm I'm so- seeing something similar here where it's like there are a lot of personalities at play, and oftentimes people want to dig in their heels and say, "Well, this is why I did this thing. Please understand me." Hmm.
0: Definitely. <clears throat> And there's some other uh, things going on in the larger community right now, especially like um, with Capcom and there's a lot of like conspiracy theories flying around and there's a lot of people saying, no, this, no, that. And just a lot of like discord in general right now, discord as in like the state of being not the chat application. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think like there are some things where it's like finding a compromising point is valid like i like pineapples on pizza i don't like pineapples on pizza there is a compromising point there and then there are things that are just like straight disinformation things that are like demonstrably true or untrue and it's just like you can argue till you are blue in the face to try to tell someone what the facts truly are and they are just not able or will ever be able to receive The information, no matter how, like if if you tell someone the sky is blue and they say no it isn't, you're not going to be able to reason with them, and so there are some there are some like situations where you just have to like say okay, and like understand when you need to disengage because you're not getting anywhere, and I think that that leads in back leads us back to the actual like the kind of like the chutzpah of the question itself of just, you know, there are, it is human nature to disagree with other humans. That is just one of the things that we do best as a species. So I think like one, the thing that I want to uplift is understanding that every single person has a unique experience and their opinions and viewpoints are informed by that experience. And there are some things that, some that are just so inherently capital T true to their human experience that they will not be able to be convinced otherwise. So I think the thing that can be done to reduce damage to a community is just really understanding like when to disengage from a discussion and when to like give up arguing a point because lives are life is not about winning arguments And I think the idea of winning and losing argument is frankly kind of dumb to begin with. So I think like, I think the first step to that is really kind of breaking the mindset of like every argument, every discussion has to have a winner and a loser. I think that's the first step. Um, I think the other part is like when you are stating something that is demonstrably true and someone says, no, it isn't just kind of like accepting that this person has chosen not to hear out the the truth of matters and has like actively chosen like no I will not accept this and like understanding that no amount of like convincing is going to like make that better and I think it I think it takes like it's really up to the individual people within that community to really accept these things when interfacing in their communities like am i on the money i feel like i'm just kind of rambling what do you think
1: i think you are explaining what's the dynamics at play here really really well um and yeah it's just kind of um now we have to answer the question of like how best to handle confronting these issues early on Mm -hmm. and I'm inclined to say that, that my way of of kind of saying, okay, um, there are different ideas here. We understand that. Um, I hear you. I hear both of you. I hear everyone in this conversation. I'm not going to say that anyone is wrong. I'm not going to pick sides. I'm just going to ask, what do we want to do? What do we want to do about it? Our goal is remaining friends. How do we do that?
0: Right. <clears throat> and I think it's a matter of, like, the, when it comes to making friends and you find that your friend has a differing viewpoint, like, it's, it's one thing to if their viewpoint is, like, I don't like trans people and you're trans. Obviously, that's that's a little bit different. But. When it comes to other things, like if there is a disagreement and something that's fairly important to you and you want to remain friends with that person you come to a crossroads where you have to choose where it's just like you have to communicate with your friends. I disagree with you on this point and I really don't want to talk about it. Let's not bring it up because I have strong feelings about it. And you know, if said friend is emotionally mature, they'll understand what you're saying and they'll drop it. And you two will just like not touch that point. Cause you know that it's contentious And if the goal is to, like, have a friend and not have a friend that, you know, takes a low amount of spoons and you don't want to get into contentious conversations with and you know that there are some conversational landmines, you'll do what you can to avoid those landmines. Like, I know for a long time on Twitter, you couldn't mention diapers versus pull-ups because people would, like, start off joking and then people would all of a sudden be not joking anymore Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it, it would no longer be funny and people would be actually big upset about it over literally nothing yeah and so it's just one of those like communal flashpoints that you that most people know in the social contract of our community like you don't bring up because it's 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 kind of like the old saying of like don't bring up politics or religion at family gatherings I feel like diapers versus pull-ups is like one of those things, but for ABDL and I feel like every community has those like in the inflatable fetish community, it's popping versus non-popping. Like that's something that's just a discussion you don't bring up because it will result in people getting banned. And so,
1: yeah. And then the, uh, the Lily, the fashion community, it's altering versus not altering your brand dresses oh god it's so dumb i can't even
0: imagine i can't even imagine in 40k it's 3d printing and recasting versus buying all official models
1: (laughs) yep that makes sense (laughs) yep
0: yep and so people are not going to be convinced like you can argue till you're blue in the face you will not convince someone to think otherwise, and no one will be able to convince you that f- to, for you to think otherwise. So if if no, if no one's going to budge like a movable for a uh, immovable object versus unstoppable force, just don't even have that conversation to begin with, because nothing productive happens when an immovable object meets an unstoppable force, both like neutralize out. And only destruction is left in its wake. So I think like knowing and actively disengaging and declaring that you are disengaging and stating why you're choosing to disengage, I think is really powerful. And like the most important part of that is just remaining calm through that instance, wording it such as at this time, I'm going to choose to disengage because we have a fundamental uh, disagreement and I do not feel that the discussion, that there's any productivity to be found in this discussion. Like, thank you for conversing. Let's move on. Like, there's so many Mm -hmm. ways to very calmly and maturely, in an adult way, to articulate, I am exiting the conversation. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, yeah, it depends on the friend. Sometimes you do have to be clinical with it and say, these are the facts cut and dry. And sometimes... I think most of the time you want to remain warm and be like, hey, I care about you. This is really affecting me. I can't do this topic anymore.
0: Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think we I think we nailed this one. Do you have anything to add? Mm -hmm.
1: Nailed it to the cross.
0: Wonderful. (laughs) Oh, sorry. There's a siren outside in there. Uh, Jesus! there's a siren outside and they're doing the stupid thing that like boop, booop, booop, boop, booop, 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 booop. like the like the dj siren thing <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> why people, did they do that i don't know but there's just like this one person who is who's part of the city name redacted police force who goes boop, booop, 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 and like patrols nearby my house and every time i hear it, it's like oh it's that fucking guy Ah. (laughs) Summer says it could be a news alert. Oh, that's funny. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's not coming through over Discord, so we're all good.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. This episode of Dear Jazz is brought to you by the Kansas City H Play Munch. The Kansas City H Play Munch is your chance to meet littles, bigs, middles, ABDLs, DDLG enthusiasts, and H players of all stripes in the greater Kansas City area. The January Munch will take place on Tuesday, January 17th at 7 p.m. at Wallow Pizza, 7433 Broadway Street, Kansas City, Missouri. Our table will have a star and a stick on it. Uh, okay. Uh, next one? Yes, next one.
1: All right. This one is written in by Lexi she, her who writes, and Dear Jazzy and Fonny, is there a hard line between lifestyle and kink? also where does age regression and a end and age play begin and at what point does it stop being cissification and start being gender expression i'm bringing in this up with my therapist tomorrow so any advice helps puppies and pampers i'm lexi
0: that is such a good question uh i think a lot of these are a little bit different uh i think Mm -hmm. the hard line between lifestyle and kink is is lifestyle you know you are living it it is your lived experience it is a community that you are a part of it is the pretense by which you interface with the world and kink is kink could be something that you like do something you enjoy uh versus lifestyle where it's just like this is this is it this is who you are and everything so it's like a difference in like severity and interest uh and similarly, where does I
1: definitely you... think mm-hmm. you and I are a very good description of the difference between lifestyle and kink I your agree. lifestyle and I am kink.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Do you want to say more on that?
1: Yeah. Uh, whenever I'm done playing, I put everything away in a drawer and I forget about it.
0: Right. And when I'm done playing, I go back to what I was doing. And sometimes it, I don't even context it as, oh, I was playing because it's just so normalized for me. Mm-hmm. Like you have your things in a drawer. I have a room of my house devoted to it in which I spend most of my day.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I th- and you're also collared and it's part of your identity.
0: It is. And I have taken off my collar uh, twice since being collared literally like three years ago.
1: Oh, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> <coughs> you okay? All in water the wrong way. <laughs> oh. oh
0: no. I love the optics of that. Oh yeah. I got collared. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, at least I, I apologized first. Wait. <laughs> uh. no,
0: it, it was really funny. It's okay. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: we're good we're good we're good we're good i'll survive
0: but that is a perfect example of like i like i am literally collared and i do not have the key my partner has the key i think that is a very like that's a very concrete example of lifestyle versus kink and everything Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um this is kind of along the same lines where does age regression end and age play begin uh I think in that instance, it's a matter of the power exchange dynamic. But what do you think?
1: Oh, gosh, these are such sort of loose concepts still where it's like, okay, age regression, you are um, mentally regressing. For a variety of reasons, Mm -hmm. most of it seems to be for comfort, though.
0: And then age I and think age play, H play is, is
1: looser in the, the sort of could-be-sexual term.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. I definitely think that the play insinuates that there could be more, um, more adult implications and possibly mm-hmm. the involvement of other people, which could insinuate a power exchange dynamic i think Mm -hmm. that is the difference there um i am chomping at the bit for this next point though which yeah get in there yeah which is at what point does it stop being and start being gender expression uh there's a i am
1: unclipping your leash
0: (laughs) have at her (laughs) bark 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 i just go i just go running (laughs) uh there i think there there is a very clear line in this one uh sissification is when you harden fast you know and i I don't want to talk in very concrete terms because there are trans women who are involved in sissification as a fetish but the act of getting sissied up usually involves uh not always but usually involves uh some matter of uh Uh, humiliation there's usually a lot of like physical uh aspects to it usually some costuming there it's kind of like um it's kind of like it's almost like drag right you're putting on a costume that you do in intend to take off whereas your gender expression expression is very straight up this is yourself like for example i am I'm femme I'm non-binary and that can manifest as me wearing skinny jeans and flannel or me wearing like a very nice dress and like a sun hat and everything and like my my gender expression varies wildly I would say that if you are like going out out and about and like presenting yourself in a way that you feel is authentic to your experience and you don't feel like you're putting on some sort of costume i would say that is gender expression right and if it feels like you are excuse me it's like consistification is is a kink as much as it is an expression or it can be a kink uh, I don't want to again, I don't want to speak in concrete terms because I'm sure for some people it's not a kink. It's just like an expression form. But in justification, it's less of generally speaking, again, no concrete terms. Generally speaking, justification it's less of this is my hard and fast identity. This is who I am as a person. And generally you wouldn't uh, say like, if you go to the doctor's office and you're filling out your intake chart, you wouldn't write, let's say that you are a cis male into cisification, You would write M on the chart, for example. But you know, again, that can also get a bit more complicated. And if you're saying like, Oh, I'm into cisification," I write F maybe it's starting to bleed into your gender expression. And there, there definitely could be some overlap in those circles, uh but for me, I think this one is a bit more clear. Um, because for a vast majority of the experiences of specification that I see online, uh, it is generally in a kinky context and it generally involves some level of humiliation and such. But again, no concrete terms in everyone's experience varies and is different in this regard and there are also a lot of defined people who are also into this. Uh funny
1: talking stick. Hello. I have very little um <clears throat> to, to add to this. I've got pretty much the, the same understanding of of cisification and gender expression. Um I've I've never really had to play too much with with gender expression, just being a, a cis female and then being like, yep, yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfy with what I was given. Um and every now and then, you know, I check in with myself, like, hey, the cis thing still working? Yeah? Okay, cool, good. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, that's good. Great. Um and I think it's very healthy for everyone to check in with themselves. Uh even if you're cis, just check in. Every once in a while just be like, hey, we still happy with this, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, but back to the the specification and gender expression thing. Um, yeah, one of them is, th- is something that you put in in the drawer at the end of the day, and the other one is is something that you hope people um address you with. Yeah, so.
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. What a great full circle that is, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, my voice <clears throat> was a little scratchy in the mic there for a second.
1: I am also phlegmy today, but I also just swallowed a bunch of water the the completely wrong way. Um, Don't do that.
0: Don't do that. It doesn't
1: go into the lungs. I found that the the hard way.
0: Yeah, breathing water kind (laughs) of (laughs) blows. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. Uh, Are we ready for the next one? Yes. Uh, This next question comes from AO. Pronouns. Double checking, double checking. He He him. He him. Cool uh next one comes from ao pronounce he him and this is actually a perfect uh follow-up dear jazzy and Fani, is there a difference between a kink and a fetish those words seem to be used interchangeably with love and best new year's wishes to my favorite podcasters oh thank you ao pronouncing mm-hmm. him uh i think that those words are used interchangeably sometimes fairly but i think for me it, there there's a similar delineation to like what we are just discussing like a kink is might be an interest that you put in the drawer at the end of the day whereas a fetish is generally seen as more intense like there's a more intense connotation there but what do you think fanny
1: this is something that i have a formative memory of from the midwest teen sex show I don't know who else knows about the Midwest teen sex show. It was a podcast, like a video podcast, like way back in the day. That sounds really um, familiar. Yeah. yeah uh, really I, familiar. I get the, the opening theme song stuck in my head every once in a while. Um, and it's uh, that the the kink was sort of something that you're into, whereas a fetish is something that you need in order to get off, that you need for satisfaction. Oh. Um and while I don't a hundred percent agree, I do agree with the sentiment of the the levels of intensity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like yeah. a kink is like, oh yeah, I'm kind of into that. Like, oh yeah, you can tie me up. That'll be exciting. And the fetish would be like, Oh, being tied up really does it for me.
0: Yeah, I I think I I think I I like that. Or BDSM is very much like a kink for me. Like it's something that I really enjoy and I have a lot of fun with pool toys are a fetish for me. Mm-hmm. Like it is very integral, like very much a part of my sexuality. hmm
1: Yeah. And I think it's fine to use them interchangeably. Um, Like it's, it's context dependent too. people who usually know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it's a fair, I don't think it's apples and oranges. I think it's like, golden delicious and granny smith
1: they're both apples mm-hmm. you know one's better for a pie but you know yeah that's granny smith i'm I'm a, I'm a granny smith fan i was gonna say granny
0: smith is the ultimate pie apple <laughs> but
1: baby don't fuck the pie i i would like a slice
0: or maybe fuck the pie if you're into food play
1: okay let me have a slice before you fuck the pie
0: there you go only fuck the pie (laughs) from everyone else who's going to be eating it
1: yeah i'm not kink shaming here go ahead
0: (laughs) go off yeah uh this next one comes from person alias pronouns he him dear jesse and fanny just for last describe a kink of yours poorly go
1: oh god um oh now i have to think of a kink shit Oh, which one? Which one? I, I was going to say. Oh, there's one that I've been fixated, fixated on recently. Let's see if I can describe it poorly. Um, uh, are, are you ready? Because I'm not.
0: Uh, I'm ready.
1: Okay, have at her.
0: Okay, so in regards to my pool toy kink, uh, <laughs> i fuck plastic bags filled with air oh (laughs) (laughs) or um or with abtl (laughs) i take shits and gigs quite literally
1: (laughs) (laughs) amazing yep yep that'll do it (laughs) it. (laughs) okay well i couldn't think of anything for the first one so let's go with um uh being unable to 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 undo a knot um gets me wet
0: oh my god <laughs> oh my god that's a good one
1: <laughs>
0: oh fuck <laughs> oh my god do you have another one or just that one
1: oh god the, the other one is just being a passer on party bottom
0: oh my god yes <laughs> there you go
1: but how do you describe it poorly
0: uh being up yeah it'll be that one
1: no but i'm not i don't want to be pissed on
0: okay that's true uh hmm a portable being pissed on was gonna get me
1: pissed off (laughs) a portable glory hole yeah there
0: it is there we go we got there yeah all right i'm down all right uh very last question do you want to take it
1: i will i will grasp it firmly uh, and this one's from Summer, who writes in, Dear Phony and Jazzy, I am generally an emotionally strong person and don't man, mind when people come to me for support. However, this only seems to happen when I, myself, am, am at a low point. It seems people would rather not bother while I'm feeling good and positive. Do you have any tips for dealing with other people while at a low point yourself? That is,
0: again, people are asking some real good questions this episode. Holy shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually just having a similar discussion with with Luna. Uh, today actually, talking about how um, how sometimes when people themselves are in unstable places, they turn into a therapist for others as a way to escape helping themselves. Um, and it's actually like a noted phenomenon. But when it comes to um, other people coming to you, when they see you at a little point or in distress, It's, it's times like that where sometimes we are the most visible, right? Um, Uh people see distress and they think to themselves, this is not how things should be. I need to do something. And so when people assume that things are all peachy keen, a lot of times subconsciously people will think, um, oh, like my help is not needed. I don't need to interfere when when the reality is sometimes kind of checking in when someone is presumably doing well can help maintain that positive baseline um if people only chime in um when they suspect you're at your low point i don't know it it it, uh it reminds me of I know people can get mad at me for being an MGK fan, but I really like his music. He's from Cleveland, but uh, he has a line in his first uh, rock album. uh, That's the ones that gas you up only come around when the flame is on. And I just think that is just so true. And what a lot of people will do to make themselves feel better is like gas up people who they perceive as being at a low point themselves and um oh this person has said i'm going to make their day better and then they're like i improved someone's life go me i did a good thing i'm a good samaritan and be, and you know people can you know it, it for some people like being that person to help out others is like helps them feel better about themselves kind of full circling to what i was talking about at the beginning of this answer Mm -hmm. And it it can seem kind of impersonal, but if you perceive that that's a thing, maybe reach out to those people and say like, hey, I want to talk to you more like I'm feeling really good, like I want to continue the conversation at all times, not just when I'm feeling bummed out. Uh, But when it comes to dealing with people at a low point, I know that when I'm at low points, I don't want to converse with people and i actually get kind of annoyed when people are like oh i haven't seen you uh text the discord chat in two days are you okay and it's just like there's a very small number of people that i appreciate that input from those people know who they are and also funny you are one of them Wink nudge it's like the people who are like very like near and dear to me. It's just like, ah, yes, chosen family member. You are reaching out to me and I appreciate that. But I think it's <laughs> the other part of it is being a, a content creator on the Internet. It's like when a bunch of people it I, I, it's like it's like the thing where a bunch like 20 people all tell you if you're ever if you ever feel sad, you can come to me and then you become mm-hmm. paralyzed for choice and it's just like you say that i could come to you but you also don't know me intimately as a human being so i i really can't and so you know i, I definitely kind of like go into like lockdown mode when i'm at a low point where it's like the people i want to talk to are my family my chosen family my husband and my therapist yeah so i think like And like the other thing is, you know, I have I have sensory issues. I get overwhelmed. I don't think there's anything wrong with like there's nothing wrong at all with putting yourself first. And if you need to just like leave your phone at home and go for a little drive and then come home, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just kind of like I I practice very actively walking away from social media and only checking it a little bit throughout the day and spending the rest of the time with my models or a show or my books or something like that. Uh, I'm going to talking stick. Cause once again, I've dominated the conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start by touching on the, the part about like, yeah, having sort of the wealth of choice, but feeling. Mm, not entirely comfortable with talking to someone um, who has offered their shoulder for you just because you, you, you don't have that sort of comfort and predictability with them yet. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. I appreciate it every time anyone's just like, Hey, I would love to listen if you've got something that you want to talk about. And I'm like, I appreciate you very much. That in itself means a lot to me. That's, that's comforting. Not going to happen though. Um, <clears throat> yeah.
0: There are definitely people that I look at and I just think this is not a cross that you can bear.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of like we we have a parasocial relationship and I don't want to ruin it by being negative to you right away. Yep. So. um, But I'm going to also address this or uh, come out this question a little bit differently in the the part where Summer says um, they're generally Mm -hmm. uh, emotionally strong um, and they don't mind when people come to them for support. But people usually come to them for support when they are also feeling feeling low. And I get that. I definitely notice um, other people being like, hey, I had a really bad day. And I'm like, great. Say me too. Um, and uh, it's, it's tough because it's just like, I, I don't have the spoons for me. I don't know if I've got any for you. Um, I'll try my best, though. <laughs> I will still try because I love you. Um,
0: right. And that's the great part about running an advice show because people can dump their problems into the question submissions, and we can answer them in a very controlled way. And that feels capital G good.
1: Hmm. But yeah, for for dealing with other people while at a low point yourself, yeah, that's that's a tough one. It's, it's if you got no spoons in the drawer, you got no spoons in the drawer, and sometimes you got to tell someone, "I'm going to have to circle back around to this." Um, I'm just feeling really worn, um, and maybe maybe they are talking to you because they find you relatable in the moment because you are kind of in the same spot that they are. That's Um, a
0: real, real good point. This is turning into a real bong rip discussion. And that right there is a highlight point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let me get get a honk on that Bobo. (laughs)
0: Seriously, though, what a good fucking point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, yeah, sometimes I'm like that, too, where someone's just like wow i had a really rough day and i'm like oh you want to share rough day stories is that is that something that's cool to do right now but yeah um
0: what a perfect transition to ethan's point in the chat uh ethan writes or them offering might make you feel obligated to share when you don't necessarily want to and it's just mm -hmm. like yes in this house we snap for art
1: yeah yeah
0: i did not edit in those snaps, by the way that was all me baby i can snap and with i heard all- them over
1: discord thank you
0: i can i have the ability to snap with all my fingers thank you very much incredible thank you i learned it in latin class i want to see that in person you got Whoa. it. wow yeah
1: <laughs> first you were cool and then you were extra cool uh, <laughs> and then you mentioned latin class and you were extra extra cool absolutely cool ranch doritos hey um, that's me Let's see, but I'm gonna go back to the question here, and it's uh any tips for dealing with other people when when at a, a low point yourself yes, uh absolutely you can you can tell them um you're not in it to win it for the moment um and that you might have to come back to this later that's that you are lot- offering your love, but you cannot engage.
0: That's a lot better than my answer I as I was just going to say turn off your phone <laughs> that's a lot better than my response.
1: Yeah and sometimes sometimes it does take us a, a few too many spoons to actually have a response for them and I think at that point it's okay to just kind of uh, just put the device down
0: Absolutely
1: no, Yeah Oh
0: I feel really good And then you
1: can come back to them or whenever you're feeling better and be like hey sorry I didn't address this in the minute um still love you though
0: <laughs> Yeah i'm feeling pretty good with those answers how do you feel
1: i'm feeling pretty good also i've got these honey bergamot candies these and they are legit what? honey bergamot
0: honey berg um
1: yeah the shit huh. honey bergamot okay yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah
0: oh i also found them on the internet okay these look yummy
1: yeah they look like little flowers
0: Oh, love that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, these are cute. Thanks for sharing with the class.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ethan says it looks like vitamins. They sure do. Mm hmm. All right, Fonny. These are not the vitamins that I would force Ethan to take.
0: (laughs) Adorable. I love the dynamic that you two have.
1: Ethan's are flintstone shaped.
0: Aw, cute. Mm -hmm. All right, Fonny, I think that just about wraps it up. Do you want to tell people how they can give you money?
1: They can give me money by uh, purchasing all sorts of merch online from either the at oddswithgod.com links um, for the Dear Jazzy podcast merchandise. Or uh, also in that link list should be my Etsy that I share with uh, Juicebox called Assorted Crinkles. Um, Or they can just directly PayPal me. Please give me your couch cushion dollars. <clears throat> wonderful and yeah Jesse, do you want to tell the people about the rest of our online goods and services
0: i do and the reason why there is a dead air pause is because i totally disassociated for like four seconds and i was just like not on this plane of existence but i'm back <laughs> <laughs> i am back and i have been jasmine starshine uh thank you so much for listening Uh, if you want to support the show, you could check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Jasmine starshine and join the ever growing list of users that support the show and keep the lights on here. Uh, especially since I'm getting ready to go back to college next semester. Uh, I really, really appreciate, uh, all the assistance and all the help it, I, you know, we truly feel loved here and it does help keep the show going and like continue existing. So thank you so much. Um, Uh, Like Fonnie said, uh, you can find all of our links on adultswithgod.com, and I'll do that feel in a second. The merch store is really dope as well. There's a link to that as well. And all the artists who are on there, uh, they earn a little bit of the share of the sales of the art, wink, nudge, if you feel so inclined. Uh, But I don't want to uh shill our stuff too too much so i will just go ahead and say dear jazz Jason at oddswithgod.com production please visit us online at oddswithgod.com where you can visit my links funniest links and every link related to this show and everything else we do in this scene i have been jasmine starshine
1: i have been funny ABDL. and
0: we will see you next time hell yeah Bye bye Goodbye. Farewell.
1: Goodbye. I'll do Is your Christmas money burning a hole in your pocket? Do you want to spend it somewhere? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we've got some merch for you. <laughs> I was going to take Papa down to your local games workshop.
1: <laughs> You're going to need a lot more Christmas money for that one.
0: <laughs> You're going. <laughs> Birthday, Christmas, and Hanukkah, and St. Patrick's Day money for that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, Good you're getting St. Patrick's Day money? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good Bye. night. Bye. Oh,
0: big you Also,
1: I, I do appreciate how in the, the two photos that Juice posted of you honking on that bobo, you have an empty glass and then a glass with stuff in it. And I don't know how that happened.
0: <laughs> so the the shot glass that I have, that is the first milk that we had. The
1: the first milk.
0: So first first milk is a thing within the uh, literary universe of Sophie and Pudding, and it is um, it's basically regression serum. But the first milk that they made at uh, at Cap was was milk and THC
1: Oh oh yeah, okay yeah